Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of Brewhoot.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's pod brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And as expected, Frank, first of all, welcome back to you. It's been a while since we hung out. But secondly, the news just keeps on rolling. We're going to talk Daryl Morey today. Obviously, this is a, a situation in Philadelphia that very much uh, could implicate the Bucks and the rest of the East. We'll dive into that. But right off the top, Victor Oladipo, Kevin O'Connor has said that there is definitive talks between the Bucks and the Pacers. Zach Lowe had already hinted that the Bucks were a team to watch with Oladipo. I will say quickly that we did have a podcast last week with Tony East of Locked on Pacers. That's well worth your time if you missed that one to go back and get uh, basically the down low on Oladipo from a guy that's watched him on a nightly basis over the course of his career. So that's absolutely worth your time. But Frank, we briefly touched on it a few weeks ago. First of all, how are you doing? And secondly, uh, thoughts on Oladipo? Anything that uh, came to your mind when you saw this, uh, these rumors start to take over Twitter? Uh, yeah, good to be back, Kane. I've, I've been uh, busy with some some work stuff and you know, being an old man with the family stuff, but, uh, and, and also just, you know, let's just be honest, not a ton of stuff happening that really inspires me to feel like I have to get stuff. Yeah, let me just, chest, let me but. just jump in and say that uh, I'm an absolute pest and, and Frank almost daily gets messages from me, uh, just because I, I might get to a point where I'm like, okay, I, I just want to talk to someone. I, I want someone to talk to. Yeah. No one really wants to talk about the Bucks right now. So there's never <laughs> any, there's never any blame from me when you are busy or well, you have work. Yeah. To be clear, yeah, I mean, you know, few people want to talk about the Bucks, but talk about the Bucks with Kane. I mean, who wants to do that? I mean, that's just not it's basically it's it's Justin Garcia, our friend Justin is very yes. the only one. No, um, no, and I'm I've been really bad. I've just been like. I, I just was like looking at my D cause we basically, for those who don't know, um, you know, since you're in Australia, we usually just use DMS on Twitter. Um, and, uh, uh, I, I've just been like just really bad at getting, just getting back to you. So I apologize for, for that. Mm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, there's, there's been, yeah, there's been some stuff happening and, you know, I mean, as you said, you know, the, all the depot news isn't news news, right. It's that maybe the bucks are poking around, right. Which we heard Zach Lowe suggest earlier. Um, I mean, I think it's mainly just interesting that the Bucks would be interested in Oladipo, um, given A, as you, you know, as, as you've discussed, he's, he's an expiring contract. Um, so there's in, inherently risk in, in anybody who's an expiring contract, especially a guy that has been talked about as, as potentially being, you know, one of the um, – larger potential targets for teams in the summer of 2021 when Giannis is also potentially going to be a free agent. Um, so yeah, it is interesting that the Bucks would, I guess, feel emboldened to 
try to make a move there, right? Um, and that you know you're you're not you're not going for him if you think that he's <laughs> just going to leave immediately, right? Um, so I'm kind of curious if there's um, I don't know is there something there? Do the Bucks know something? Has has he implied anything um, about uh, a level of interest in potentially resigning? Uh, that's obviously something that. Um, that we don't really know much about, but but maybe there's a hint there. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but obviously, yeah, the injury stuff is is a concern. And again, if if he wasn't injured, you know, I mean, this is this is part of why maybe he's even attractive in, in some respects because the risk also will lower his price. We we would obviously assume so. Um, it's it's interesting, you know. It's a gamble. You could argue it's you know the Bucks should be gambling. Um, but as you guys have discussed, obviously. I don't think the Bucks are, you know, really obvious trade partners with the Pacers, given, you know, <laughs> Eric Bledsoe landing in Indiana to partner with Malcolm Brogdon wouldn't really seem like, well, it'd be cruelly ironic, I guess, to Malcolm Brogdon. But, um, but yeah, I don't really foresee that happening. That doesn't really make sense. And, you know, you just look at the rest of the Pacers roster. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure what direction the Pacers are going. They obviously just hired a new coach. Um, they have too many big men. So obviously it's not like there's a, uh, it's not like there's a, a Miles Turner angle for the Bucks, right? Or a Brook Lopez angle for the for the Pacers. So, uh, so no, it's just something to monitor. And I think again, it mainly just interesting because of um, the potential that maybe Oladipo doesn't take a King's ransom to, to land, right? And then if you if you get him, and Giannis, you know, commits to staying in Milwaukee, um, you know, is there some mutual respect, ability to play together there long term? That that would be interesting. Um, and the other piece, I guess, though, is you know. He's not a point guard, obviously. Now, he is, you know, kind of a shot creator. Uh, if he gets back to kind of where you'd want him to be, but, um, but yeah, I mean, interesting player. And you know, if you're Milwaukee, obviously, landing kind of all star players, and he's 28, so he's not super young, but landing all star players who, you know, may still have, if he gets healthy again, the big if, um, maybe he does have some more all star seasons in him. Uh, that obviously would be a very interesting thing, and obviously he be a very intriguing compliment to, to what you already have there. Um, although I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I think there's a version of the world, you know, I mean, if he doesn't come back to what you, you know, you want him to be, maybe ultimately he's better as a six man, but I think certainly wherever he lands next year, he's going to be a starter and he's going to try to get back to where he was. So, uh, so I don't know. It, it would be a gamble for sure. But, you know, again, if it's a calculated risk, if there's a three-way team, three-way trade that somehow lands Eric Bledsoe someplace else who knows where that would be um, plus other assets, right? If it's Dante DiVincenzo this year's first round pick, I don't know. I don't know if you'd be willing to go up both of those things. That would be a big risk. I think given what we don't know about Oladipo's future, but, um, but at least uh, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to see the bucks obviously s- sniffing around um, to, to try to make moves, which uh, obviously I think pretty much all of us want. Yeah. You can't die wondering. And I, I know that I've given my thoughts on Oladipo a little bit, but I've certainly seen some sentiment with Bucks Twitter uh, this afternoon for me, I guess this evening for you, saying, well, why would the Bucks be interested in Victor Oladipo? Well, I think it's pretty simple why they would be interested in Victor Oladipo because we've said this endlessly. The Bucks, the reason why they're going to really struggle to get that Drew Holiday Uh, back or Chris Paul even if if that's the path you want to go down is because they just don't have a lot of guys that they can trade and they they don't have many assets to trade so Victor Oladipo has a diminished value because of not only the injury but the one year left on his deal but the Bucks don't want to go into next season just running it back then Oladipo is certainly a moderate 
risk, but potential very high reward if he comes into your team and plays anywhere near that all-star level. And remember, it's a contract year for him. There is a lot of motivation there for Victor Oladipo next season to play very, very well. And, and I know that health is out of his hands a little bit, but uh, as you mentioned, he is a guy that, that can create a shot. That's what the Bucks have lacked. He was an all-star player as a number one option in Indiana, averaged over 20 points per game, shot the ball well from three, finished at the basket really strongly. So I think that certainly the last 24 months we've forgot how well he played there. But if he got anywhere near that level and there was a three-team trade where basically the pieces that we know the Bucs would want to, to add in a trade like this, there's certainly an avenue where I can see that being a really, really good addition for the Bucks. The risk is there. There's no doubt about that. The one year is a concern. But I can certainly see why the Bucks would be intrigued about this. All right, Frank, our show sponsor today is Rock Auto. So, of course, I have to let the listeners know a little bit more about rockauto.com, which is a family business uh, serving auto parts customers. They've been doing that online for over 20 years. And the online part of this is the important part. We know... Now is not the best time to be going out and shopping and and looking for uh, d- different car yards for parts of your car. It's just not an ideal time to do that. Everyone wants to just do things online, get it done safely, and get it done easily. And that's exactly what you can do with rockauto.com. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are exactly the same for me or you. Uh, just your, your do-it-yourselfers as they are for the professionals. That's the best thing about it. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box today. Now we sent you that's locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box and they will know you came from us. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to get, you know, pretty much every team, um, if you've got, you know, one all-star, you want two. If you've got two all-stars, mm-hmm. you want three. <laughs> you want three, right? Uh, and the Bucks right now are, you know, they have an MVP. They have an all-NBA caliber player in Chris Middleton. But obviously, Chris, you know, we know he's not, um, I, I mean, as much as I'm obviously we're, we're Chris Middleton fans and in some cases defenders, you know, when, when sometimes the uh, Chris Middleton cynicism police shows up. Um, but, you know, Chris, Chris isn't a top 10 NBA player and, and he's not, you know, I, again, like, is he going to maintain kind of what we saw last year moving forward? I mean, I hope so, but yeah, that, that's probably, he's probably not going to be 50, 40, 90 <laughs> threatening every year. That, that's, that's a really high bar. Um, so if you can find another guy who can be a high volume scorer, um, and who can, you know, again, at least be a competent defender and, and, and shot creator, that's obviously very interesting. Um, how he would fit in, you know, as far as starting five, you know, you'd still start, uh, I, I assume you would still start a, a regular point guard, or, you know, a George Hill type type or something like that, I guess. Um, but, but certainly, uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting thing to, to think about other, other flip side of this too. And this isn't just for, for Victor Oladipo, but you know, I mean, Chris Paul would be a similar, I mean, even more severe given that he already has a monster contract, but I mean, keep in mind, I mean, if Giannis gets his extension, um, you know, if he signs, which God willing, he will at some point, um, you know, he's going to be making over $40 million in 2122. Chris is going to be over 35 million in 2122. Um, so you're going to be pushing maybe close to 80 million between those two guys. And then, you know, if you had another player who is, I mean, I don't know, again, like best case scenario, Oladipo is a guy who 
earns a max contract. He'll, he'll probably want a max contract no matter what he does next year, right? Even if he's not back to what he was at his best. Um, and in that scenario, uh, you know, you're paying basically like, you know, essentially the, the entirety of the quote unquote cap um, to three players. And then, you know, you, you're going above and beyond that with the rest of your roster and, and over the tax to, uh, to, to be, you know, competitive and, and really kind of fill out the roster. So, yeah, I mean, having, having a lot of all-stars is really, really expensive when they're, when they're veterans, right? When you don't have guys that are, you know, very, very young and, and really good, which the Bucks obviously don't have right now, um, it gets expensive quick. But, you know, um, that, that's, that's the price of admission. You want to win a championship, you got to spend some money. And uh, obviously that's uh, something the Bucks probably are, are getting sick of people reminding them about, uh, given how much, you know, they've probably been hearing the, the Malcolm Brogdon uh, stuff and, and the questions about why they didn't bring him back. So, um, so interesting. One, one thing I just want to mention, I don't, I know we weren't, uh, we didn't talk about it before, but just kind of cropping up, um, Shams today did, um, bring up, it sounds like at this point, the most likely scenario, which to be honest is the one that we've mostly focused on from mm. a cap and tax perspective is that the cap and tax would be flat last year, $109 million cap, $132 million tax. Sounds like that's kind of where negotiations are, are most likely to start. And I think that was always kind of the logical thing, right? To just artificially set it at where it was last year. Um, you know, the revenues certainly wouldn't justify that, but essentially the, the league would withhold more money than they usually do from player salaries. And then basically players wouldn't actually make as much money as, you know, they nominally, the contracts say they are basically in order to maintain the, the roughly 50-50 split with owners and players, you know, they basically would, would cost them back. But, um, you know, you would keep the cap number higher so that the nominal value of contracts wouldn't really go down much or go down at all. And then, um, you know, if you sign a, a longer-term contract this summer, you know, you're not punished basically because next year the cap jumped a lot or something like that, right? So, um, again, this year's cap doesn't directly impact the Giannis extension, but... Uh, certainly for other players who are op- you know, uh, up for longer term extensions this summer, it's obviously a very big deal because um, again, if you sign, you know, in, in the scenario where for instance, if the cap had dropped to like a hundred million bucks and you sign a new contract um, and then you get max raises, even if you get max raises, it's possible that, you know, if you had just waited a year, you would have get, gotten a bigger contract starting next year than, you know, your max contract this year with, with even max raises, right? Just because again, it's come down to how quick the cap grows versus your your salary. Um, you know, the raises grow. And normally, the rate, the, the the max raises are are more than what the cap grows, so you're incentivized basically to lock in a long term deal. Um, but obviously, it can get weird if if there's really kind of lumpy, big bumps up or down in, in the cap. So, always made sense that they would keep it artificially high. And I think the obvious place to start would be at the current tax, cap and tax level. So we'll see what happens, but. You know, well, I think once we get further clarity on that, well, we can dig in a lot further back into what that means for the Bucks. You know, our friend Eric Name wrote a, has written a fair bit about um, you know the tax scenarios and things like that. Um, and uh, you know, needless to say, right now, Bucks without Urson, even 125 million dollars committed to 11 players. <laughs> so with 132 million dollar tax, um, yeah, it's I I don't know how. Let, let me let me put it this way: I don't know how the Bucks. If if it's a if it's if those are the numbers, I don't know how the Bucks can go into next season with a straight face saying that they're serious about winning a championship if they stay under the tax, right? They're gonna they, they would have to do some 
serious contortions, you know, getting rid of Bledsoe, um, getting a replacement who is good, but makes less money and, and some other things, which, which again, I, I just don't think those are things you can count on. So anyway, long story short, no big shock there cap tax wise, but we'll keep an eye on that. Cause obviously that will have big ramifications for the bucks flexibility this summer, what they, who they might be able to sign with the mid level and things like that. And also, you know, how, uh, how endangered they will be of, uh, of immediately being over the tax or, or what, what, what that will look like. Well, every time you're on the pod, that's, that's the best thing about it is because I know I can lean on you heavily with the cap stuff. I have really nothing further to add. I did write something over the weekend uh, for NBA.com. And basically, uh, one of the, the categories of the story was uh, cap space. And then I just wrote what cap space and left it right there. And I think that summarizes uh, where the bucks are at. But again, as you said, certainly when you've been speaking about it and we've gone back and forth on it, I think we kind of expected that it would stay around the same. And uh, not great, but uh, could have been worse, I think is fair. But in the best interest of, of all the teams, I, I think it made sense that they kept it around where it is. Uh, before we move on to, to Maury, I do want to bring this up because in the interest of fairness, when Giannis... Uh, lost all his followers. Of course, it was it was all over the news. So there was some Giannis social media activity today. I don't know if you caught it, but Thanasis uh, tweeted a photo. I guess they're still in Greece. I don't know where the hell it is, but it looks bloody beautiful. I'll tell you that. And the caption said, wanted to share this with you guys, which was the most beautiful place you've ever visited. And Giannis, just such a sweetheart, uh, commented Milwaukee. And of course, Bucks fans love it. The Bucks official social media uh, accounts uh, tweeted it out uh, as well. Uh, does this confirm an extension for Milwaukee? Why would he ever leave the most beautiful place he's ever visited? <laughs> yeah, hopefully he's just. Giannis, uh, we, we we appreciate we appreciate you throwing throwing us Wisconsinites a bone. You know, I mean, do you seriously believe that? I I can't imagine you do. But 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 you know, if you're trying to throw us a bone and make us feel good we will always take it. So, um, you know, hashtag he's staying, uh, lock it up. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this is another breadcrumb uh, towards, towards an extension, uh, this summer, this not summer, this fall. Um, and, and if, if not that, uh, next summer, but, but yeah, let's just, let's just knock it out this fall. Why mess around? Come on, Giannis, just sign the extension. Milwaukee is only going to get more beautiful, Giannis. That's, that's all I have to say. So uh, why mess around, as uh, Frank says there? The big news probably around the league today, though, the Sixers. I have it on a good authority. I've got friends in Philadelphia that said that the, the, the front office were out for dinner. They looked around the table. They were trying to discuss who they could bring in to run their basketball operations. And then uh, the song came on, That's Amore. And they looked at each other and they said, well, that's our guy. They said, we've got to, we've got to sign this guy right now. And they did just that. Daryl Morey going to the Sixers. What was your first thought? Because I, when I was speaking with Camille Davis last week on the pod, I said, the worst case scenario for the Bucks from the rival contenders with the East, and you can come up with a variety. I said the number one thing that would be the worst for the Bucks is the Sixers figuring it out. They've got rid of Brett Brown. They signed Doc Rivers. I think he's good for the relationship building within the franchise. And now they've signed Daryl Morey. This is showing some real signs of the Sixers figuring it out. Yeah, I mean, first off, just the irony, right? Sam Hinkie being a disciple of, of Daryl Morey. Um, goes to Philly, lands him all those picks You know that, that lead to... Uh, you know, the core of, of what kind of they've built with, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid ends up 
sort of getting pushed out the door, quote unquote resigning, but, but really getting pushed out. Um, and then a few years later here to, to go full circle um, with, uh, with Maury coming in, I mean, nominally Elton Brand sticking around. We'll see. We'll see what that means. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think as a non-Sixers fan, I I don't like this because I think Daryl Morey is one of the you know smartest people in the game, and um, certainly a shrewd deal maker and uh, a guy that uh, you know. Again, I I, I I'm curious what happens because I think that one of the things that you know we saw in Philly the past few years, I think. Um, I think under the previous regime, they, they probably made too many moves, you know, um, like the shakeup going from uh, what they had with, with Jimmy Butler and, and Simmons and Embiid um, to kind of, you know, betting on Tobias Harris and keeping Harris and trading Butler. Obviously that didn't work. Um, and not really, I think building a roster that made a whole lot of sense, bringing in Al Horford, you know, going really big um, and, and really kind of turning Al Horford into a, a uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 well, uh, not not a trade asset at all. Uh, a guy that they're going to have a really hard time moving this summer. But um, you know, they they made a bunch of moves, and it obviously it didn't work out. Didn't land them where they wanted to, and you know, they stuck with Brett Brown for a long time. And I know I, as an again a non Sixers fan, I was always very happy to see Brett Brown continue to stick around because I just didn't really feel like he was a guy that was going to get them over the hump. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, more coming in, uh, I don't know about doc rivers. We'll see. I mean, you know, I think, uh, we'll, we'll see if he can keep, you know, sort of the accountability higher with mm-hmm. his two young stars who obviously I think to date that that's been missing, uh, under Brent Brown, that seemed to be an issue. Um, but I don't know. Um, again, you don't like to see, you know, your rivals get smart people, <laughs> hire smart people. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And, you know, again, I think um, Maury's a, he can be a chameleon, you know, in terms of, I don't think, you know, like if you look at what he ended up doing in Houston, um, you know, I think people, people look at Hinky and, and say, oh, well, he just, you know, wanted to tank, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, he came from an organization under Maury that never tanked, right? I mean, that's the remarkable thing about the Rockets. They never tanked. They were always competitive. They obviously never got over the hump, but he put them in position to land superstar caliber players. Obviously the big move was was landing James Harden when Harden was was not what he is now um with the OKC Thunder and and that gamble obviously has paid off handsomely and then he went all in for Chris Paul and I mean they were so close to going to the NBA finals and probably would have been favorites in those finals a few years ago um if not for for Paul having that hamstring injury and and not being able to to finish out that series against the Warriors so um you know he's a guy that I think kind of makes do with what he has and takes big bets and obviously the Westbrook deal did not, I'd say work out. That was a weird situation given the Chris Paul Harden dynamic kind of put them in a hard spot, but um, you know, we'll see what happens ironically going from a team that, you know, they went really small with to a team that is extremely big. (laughs) Um, But again, I don't think, you know, Maury necessarily is anti big guys. I think he's just, you know, let's make the best of, of what we've got. And so now it'll be interesting to see kind of what he does with that team in Philly. And I would assume that, I would, I would just, I mean, I don't, not basing this obviously on any information. I would imagine he'll probably try to make it work with Embiid and Simmons this year and just sort of see, see what happens, right? No contractually, there's no pressure to, to move one guy or the other, but um, I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see what happens and um, uh, it, it should be interesting in the East, right? I mean, um, you know, is, is, is Miami a like, you know, legit 
um, top of the East type contender? I, I don't know, right? They're a weird team. I mean, they were not a great team. They weren't a great regular season team this year. Um, and then they turned it on in all the right ways uh, in the playoffs. Um, you know, Boston, I think you'd, you'd guess would get better just given the age profile of their, their younger players. Obviously the Bucks, you know, you hope that the Bucks can stay where they are in terms of regular season success and just get better in the playoffs. And, you know, you've got Brooklyn is kind of a question mark. Hopefully Kyrie will anchor them to, um, you know, disappointment <laughs> at some level, uh, even with KD coming back. Um, and Philly, obviously, being in the mix there is, uh, is obviously an interesting one. And, and Toronto, right? I, I, Toronto, I think, has such an interesting range of kind of outcomes. I, I think I, I can't imagine them being, you know, not a playoff team next year, but can they really be as good as they were this year? Lowry getting older, you know, uh, do Ibaka, Gasol, I think, is, is leaving. You know, does Ibaka come back on a one-year? You know, what kind of happens with, with all those pieces? Van Vliet being a free agent, obviously, is a really interesting question. You know, how much do you really want to pay Fred Van Vliet? Probably the cap not being, you know, not going up probably helps, right? Just given um, it probably increases the likelihood of most guys staying put. But, but yeah, it's going to be a really interesting, I think, East next year. And, um, you know, Bucks obviously just trying to um, keep their spot during the regular season and, and give themselves a better chance of, of having the flexibility and kind of, you know, playoff fortitude to obviously get, get much further than they did this up this uh, way out this summer. I, I, my seasons are all screwed up, right? I'm so used to saying yeah, summer for, for off season and whatever, but yeah, anyway, you get my drift. Well, I like it because I'm used to saying I've got in, uh, obviously into the habit of saying uh, over the summer as well being the U S summer, but technically it's Australian summer. So I can still say over the summer and it still works. I can just claim I'm talking about the Australian summer, but uh, as, as, as we wrap it up, a couple quick notes, you mentioned the Westbrook trade, obviously that was pretty heavily, reported that Maury really hated that trade, which it doesn't, it doesn't really surprise anyone. But the, the thing that he still did, even though uh, he went small, he did that because that suited the guys that he had. So I think that's a big fear. And also the thing to keep in mind with the Sixers, there's obviously instant reports that he's going to trade MP uh, for James Harden and there's going to be this earth-shattering uh, trade that happens. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think he'll want to assess for his own. Uh, how this works with Doc Rivers, but he's got until the trade deadline. And this is the thing. The Sixers are going to be good enough, regardless of who's on the roster, that they'll be thereabouts in the playoff mix. We saw how awful they were on the road last year, and they were still uh, a borderline home court advantage team. So they got plenty of time to strike a deal. And the one thing we said in our uh, group DM that we got going on, Frank, we were talking about signing trades and Bogdanovich. And I, I said, yeah, well, now more is just going to, he's just going to trade Horford and they're going to get Buddy healed. And all of a sudden the team's going to be more balanced. I mean, I can, I can just see Maury uh, figuring some stuff out, particularly with shipping out uh, Al Horford. So they, they're just, now I, I just have more faith that the Sixers are going to pull the, the right strings and, and figure something out. They've been such a mess. It feels like off the court for an extended period of time and changing their roster every 12 months. It just feels like now they're going to be able to be a more stable franchise, which again, uh, to this point, when you think about the Bucks, there's always been this little rivalry back and forth, but the Bucks have done nothing that the Sixers haven't done to this point. I mean, sure, they, they made the conference finals, but what does that really matter? So now uh, the, the rivalry is back on and perhaps the Sixers uh, after being a kind of a funny little joke the last couple of seasons, it's been fun to watch them lose in the playoffs. Uh, they could they could come right back, and uh, that's obviously if you're a Bucks fan, not what you wanted to see. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, like you just you know, it's funny to kind of rewind and look back at kind of previous off seasons and how um, what expectations were versus reality, right? And and Philly last summer, 
you know, a lot of smart people, you know, Zach Lowe, among others, thought Philly could be the team that came, came out of the East. Um, maybe not the, the best team in the regular season, but, but the, that team that could come out of the East. Um, and they never put it together, right? And, I, I mean, again, the sport, is, the sport is fickle, and there's so much, you know, whether it's injuries or chemistry, just fit, um, things you just can't really account for. Uh, and so, you know, well, I mean, and, and, you know, quote unquote experts, some, some of whom didn't think the, the Raptors might even make the playoffs or be like eight seeds or something. Right. And they end up, um, being as good as they were. Um, it's, it's, you know, again, you never, you can never be too confident, um, about kind of how teams are going to kind of make out. And especially now, not even, you know, at the draft, we're still what, three weeks out of the draft, basically free agency, um, still TBD, right. We heard December 1st, uh, we've heard the league wants to start on, you know, basically close to Christmas. We've heard the players want to move it out till mid January, start on MLK day, I think January 18th. Um, that's, which is interesting to me. It sounds like that's like largely maybe just a bargaining ploy. Like, Oh, the owners want to start on, you know, Christmas. Okay. Well, um, how about we start a month later and you give us a reason to start uh, in late December. How about that? How about you give us some financial reason to, to, to start on Christmas if that's what you care about so much. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that all plays out, but I don't know. I personally, I don't, I don't know. Personally, I, I don't, um, I don't really see it as big of a deal to have the kind of truncated off season just because, I mean, you had essentially an entire off season before the bubble restarted. And obviously most teams did not play, you know, a, a, you know, full three months in the bubble. Um, unfortunately, certain the bucks certainly didn't, uh, but, uh, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think you need a, a full off season's worth of, of time here between, between last year and this year, just because last season already had an entire off season kind of baked in right in the middle of it. Oh yeah. I, I've, I've said certainly from a selfish point of view, um, I want them to get going. And, and I do think there's only a couple of teams that can really justify the, the short off season because the majority of the team has had months off. And that's, that's just the reality. So I think certainly LeBron is the leading voice. And if he says, I don't want to play, then there's certainly a significant chance that they won't play until, until late January. But uh, again, uh, money always talks. We say that. And if the figure of $500 million as they've bandied about is what the, the difference would be, then I'm still putting my money on them figuring it out and starting around Christmas time. I do believe they have a, a meeting Friday US time. So I, listen, I mean, they're on the clock. So either way, we're going to know. Yeah. I, I think the most surprising thing is I had still assumed that the owners would be okay pushing it because of just increasing the likelihood that you get more mm-hmm. games with, with fans and attendance, right? I mean, we've heard, you know, it's 40% of, of, of league revenues might be at risk here if you have a full season without uh, any fans in the stands. But obviously, that's an enormous number. And so my assumption had been like, well, you know, they don't want to push it too late, right? Because, you know, I mean, delaying a season, it means that you're not getting any money, <laughs> you're not getting any money right? Um, so I, 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 it's a really interesting calculus. I'd love to you know, see kind of the full accounting on, on sort of how they've come to this. Uh, we've heard obviously the, the rev, the networks are obviously playing a big part in this and they obviously don't really care as much about the fan stuff because they're not, you know, making that, that money off the gate receipts. So, um, you know, they probably view it as well. Heck we're, our ratings will only be better if, if fans are not going to the games themselves. So, um, 
so I think it'll be an interesting just sort of dynamic that that the you know the league has to kind of you know make some some trade-offs around but we'll see I think that's right and again as we sort of said we're not gonna have too long to wait here uh, any final thoughts before we we wrap this up Frank no I um I I mean I you know like I think most people I I, I encourage encourage you if you didn't catch the Kyle Korver's comments um, when he was at Creighton mm. the other day about um, kind of recapping, um, you know, what happened when, when the Bucks boycotted uh, the game against the Magic in the playoffs and just kind of the mood around the locker room. And, um, you know, I think Kyle just is always a really impressive, even before this season, I think, you know, he's been a guy that has consistently shown, um, you know, ability to, to really speak sincerely and from the heart. And um, I think in a way that ho- hopefully helps, hopefully helps people understand, you know, people who maybe don't understand um, or can't appreciate because they don't have experience, you know, random old white people from the suburbs or something, right? Like if you, if you can't relate or don't feel like you understand a lot of the feelings and emotions and, you know, the rawness that a lot of people were feeling, um, you know, this, this past summer um, with, you know, the, the things that sort of inspired the, the, the social justice movement and, and, you know, a lot of the discussions that were happening. Um, I think Kyle's a, a really interesting voice there because obviously he's a, you know, he's like my age. He's like a guy in his late thirties, a white guy in his late thirties. Right. Um, so I think his, his candor and, and uh, you know, his, uh, his willingness to, I think, just listen and um, be someone who supports his teammates and tries to, you know, understand what it's like for someone who, who isn't like him. Um, I think it's just something that um, is just very refreshing to see. And I thought it was, uh, it was also just interesting, obviously to get, to get that perspective from him um, on, on exactly kind of how it went down. So, um, so yeah, check it out. If, uh, if, uh, if you haven't and um, yeah, Kyle's an impressive guy. I, I mean, would, would love to see Kyle back to be honest. I mean, you know, it's not like the bucks uh, are going to have a lot of money to spend on uh, guys. So, uh, I, I mean, I was kind of surprised. I mean, it's not like Corver was played off the court in the playoffs or something like that, you know. Um, and he had, he had a few stretches where he kind of did what you kind of would expect of Kyle Corver. Uh, and obviously, love kind of what he means for the locker room. So, um, it would be pretty cool if he was coming back. He's not going to be able to play forever. But, um, you know, I, I, I got definitely have a soft spot for him. I, I thought he was a, uh, an interesting piece for, for them this year, especially, you know, with if Sterling Brown, if he was keeping Sterling Brown while Sterling Brown was playing well on the bench, then I, maybe I'd feel a little bit differently. But, um, you know, I thought he, he gave them um, kind of what you would have hoped this season. And, and obviously that, that's on the court and off the court. He uh, obviously means a lot too. 100% agree with uh, everything you've said there. And uh, as we've said, I mean, there's going to have 15 guys on the roster. The Bucks are going to have some minimum contracts uh, slotting. A Corver in there as the, the 14th man who's going to play some minutes, still shoot the ball really well. Uh, wouldn't be the worst thing and clearly a great influence in the locker room as well, a leader and a great teammate. So yeah, it's a good way to end it. I 100% agree with that. Frank, always good to catch up with you. I didn't know if you had anything further to add to that. <laughs> Was I supposed to say goodbye? <laughs> yes. Uh, say goodbye to me, Frank. Goodbye, good, goodbye Ken. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to talking to you again soon.
All right, we'll leave it there. Frank will be back on the podcast whenever he decides not to ignore me via DMs. But either way, <laughs> either way, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I believe Alex Lazary on the podcast tomorrow, which is always good to catch up with him. Uh, we'll see you guys then. Stay safe out there. Uh, catch you later.